to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and my next guest is a model artist boxer. I have Baby Lee. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I feel like we have a, a, a mutual person in the creative scene that kind of served as the glue to bring us together. I believe it's E. Andrew. And uh, yeah. So let's get into it. I, I kind of, you know, put it out there very, very high level uh, of what you do and what your background is. But if you will, describe your work and your creative interests. Um, so I got into modeling, I'd say about like three, four years ago, more seriously within the last like couple of years. Um, but really, I feel like the last, especially with COVID and everything, the last couple of years has really just been about um, meeting up with amazing creatives and photographers and fellow models when we can safely. And um, just, I've just been really focused on exploring everything that I can when it comes to modeling and photography. Um, Cause I also shoot on my little DSLR that I have, um, but I'm still, I have so much to learn when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm looking to just create as much as possible because especially all things considered within this last year, it's been, it's been really hard to just exist. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really thankful for everyone that I've met out here. Um, especially E. Andrew. I mean, he was the first person that I, um, really shot out here with besides one of my really, um, good friends um who is also a body paint artist so i have some good people out here that really helped me kind of step into the scene a little bit more i feel like that's great i mean being able to maybe shift in how, how you're doing things in spite of different limitations different changes that are really outside of all our control mm -hmm. um I had to make that pivot, make that shift. And this is why we're norm under normal conditions. We will be doing this interview in person and uh, probably with a couple of these in hand. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, virtual, virtual beer, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you, you try to make do and ultimately it's get it out there, whether it be in a space of being the subject or the muse or the model for a particular project or being the person that's aiding and someone that's telling their story or telling a part of their story like I'm attempting to do probably poorly, but attempting to do. Um, <laughs> so what traits do you look for in creative, specifically photographers that you want to work with? I feel like. Um... Number one is definitely like their vibe. You want to vibe with them. Um, and that in turn means that they should, I mean, you want to feel comfortable in front of the lens. So, um, e. Andrew, who we were talking about earlier is super good at doing that. Um, just makes you feel like he has his music playing and he always makes you laugh and shit, which you can get some awesome photos out of that. Um, I've shot with a lot of friends and, you know, we make some amazing stuff. Um, so I, I would feel like, you know, you want to have good vibes. I've worked with a ton of really amazing photographers over the last couple of years. And, um, I would, I would feel like those are like, like my top two. Definitely. You want to vibe out and you want to be comfortable and have fun. Like at the end of the day, like regardless of what you're making, um, you always want to have fun with it. Cause I feel like that shows, 
in the in the project that you you make at the end of the day so yeah i think it comes through and i i think when you see someone that's doing a project that they really care about all of those other things don't don't really matter those are all secondary things that yet in terms of outside of the project like when people tell me about this podcast for sake of argument, they'll say, Oh, you know, listening to it. Cause you, you want to get that feedback sometimes to see, oh, okay, is this landing the way that I would want it to land and so mm-hmm. on. And people, people always tell me, it's like you connect with people and it seems like you're actually interested in talking to them. And I'm like, yeah, otherwise, why would I? It's Absolutely. Like, you talk, <laughs> talk to someone that's like boring and it's like, yeah, I got nothing to talk about. It's like, this. <laughs> so which which part of that that creative process in terms of the, the the modeling that you enjoy the most and you enjoy the least and and why? Um, I'm I'll start off with with my personal creative process. Like especially if I'm doing um I'm doing a lot of shoots at home because of uh, COVID. Um, which kind of made me think outside the box a lot, and I've been wanting to do more stuff like that. My personal creative process, I both love and hate because I will come up with an idea. It'll come up in my brain. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do this. And then I'm like, whoa, how am I going to do this? I don't know. Like I have this one project that I worked on and I was like, I knew I wanted to be suspended and I wanted like this liquid dripping off of me. And it like, uh, slowly turned into like all these other ideas that I had in my head and I had no idea how I was going to put them together. I had no idea. And I thought about this for like a year and slowly pieces started coming together. Um, my friend who is the, um, body paint artist, she, um, and she does a bunch of other stuff. She's super talented. She, um, so I had my top half painted. I had my friend there kind of in like a dominatrix vibe. And then I was suspended by rope, um, by this Emily Rose. Um, she's a model and also a rope artist and I'd never done this before. And I just, I'm suspended by my hips off the ceiling, upside down. Eventually we get this, like, it's called thick water. And Mm -hmm. cause I knew I wanted a specific type of liquid, but I didn't know how to make it. I was thinking, is it going to be ink? That seems not good to dunk myself (laughs) into. So (laughs) I came up with this and then, um, it's just like, I hate it because I will come up with an idea and I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And I'll think on it and little pieces will come. And then all of a sudden I have a day and I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is how this is going to work. Um, but I love what I can create, especially with amazing people like that whole project. Um, I had a bunch of amazing people help me out with it. And that part I really love. I love seeing what you are able to create. Um, yeah with other people with like other, um, projects that are like less planned out or, um, more free flowing. Like I did a lot of the be more shoots meetups, um, that I love because so many people have different, you see different people's creative processes. And I just think that's super interesting because everyone kind of works at a different speed or their eye catches something differently. And I think that's what's so amazing about a creative process or, or an artist in general is that we can relate on a lot of different things, but that's what make art makes art so cool is someone's going to see something totally different than, than you might see it. And I just think that's super interesting. So. 
Yeah. Um, I, I do a, a movie review podcast. One of the, cause I have a, I have a loosely affiliated network of podcasts and I do a movie review podcast and it's, uh, interesting to talk to people who might have a similar background, similar age and all of that different stuff. And it's a movie we've seen hundreds of times. Right. And then you're looking at it more critically. You're talking about, you know, like you saw that in there too, or you saw that particular thing. How did, how did you come to that? And I, I did a review earlier of the fly, uh, that, that old Jeff Goldblum movie. And it, we were just like, yeah, man, it's an allegory for AIDS, man. And, you know, back in the eighties and we we're going deep into it. And it's just like, Oh, you took it that way. And I'm taking it this way. And it's kind of interesting to see once collaboration happens. Cause typically in the past, I would have done that movie review by myself. I would have sat there and been in my own little vacuum of how I view this. And this would be the definitive way of looking at it. And you know, in, in talking with someone else. And I think as that audience gets bigger, but still having that common thread of we're all going to the same goal, whether it be watching this movie and speaking about this movie in a critical, but fandom sort of way, we would all be able to share different ideas. And, and it's, it's really interesting to collaborate in that manner. And it, it was one thing that he said to me uh, during this interview is, um, Isaiah Winters, he, he was saying, uh, I mentioned the thing. I was like, I feel like Jeff Goldblum was a ghostbuster without being a ghostbuster. And he's like, I'm now going to forever remember this now. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I mean, he's a sexy Seriously. man. The skin color of rotisserie chicken. He was very tan in that movie and it was great. So, <laughs> so now I want to, I want to get your, your viewpoint on, on art. You can take it specifically to y- your discipline or speak on it more macroly if you like. Um, should art be used to influence political, religious, social, and environmental views? What What is your, your take in that area? Like how art should maybe be used? And you can even, ex, ex, you know, expand from that. Like maybe I feel like it should be used to speak on uh, maybe gender politics or uh, author, authoritarianism or, or people's bodies and agency and things of that nature. What is your take in that area? Art, it can be. And I feel like it always has and always will have a space in politics because it's just, I feel like art is another way to communicate. So why not use it to talk about different things that you care about? I've definitely done it in the past and can, I will continue to do it. And I feel like art is almost like everything kind of. Mm -hmm. So it, one day it's just going to be like, I love, I want to do like this beautiful, amazing fashion shoot. And I just want to have, I just want to kill every pose. And I really want to work on that and just like create some amazing dynamic shit because it's nice to look at cool shit like that. You know, like at the end of the day. Well said, well said. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but you can also be used to, and has been to used to change the world. And I mm-hmm. think that, so as a short answer, yes, I would, um, I, I do and will use it for anything that I can to help, um, bring attention to certain subjects. And also I just want to make some stuff that looks awesome. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I think, I think for, for the longest time you get into like, like satire or what have you, I think people's definition around what art is and what art isn't that gets kind of muddied in that takes away from what it can speak on. Like 
I like we look at visual stuff like let's say drawings and things of that nature, sketches. You have political drawings. That is that not speaking on like politics or whatever. Right. It's like oh, this is satire, <laughs> and it, it has a it has a place there. Or you know, like I when I think of something speaking on issues, I, I always go to satire. I always think about like the New Yorker. I always thinking about maybe let's say from a fashion standpoint or a modeling standpoint, there may be, we're only going to use this type of model. We're only going to use um, dark skin, black models because we feel like there's a lack of representation. So this is what we're going to be commenting mm. on, or we're only going to wear this type of fashion because we believe that this other stuff is unethical. And I think that getting that extra layer, it's like from the, from the base of it, as you're getting to, it's like, shit's gotta be dope. Mm. But you know, but secondarily, it's like it, it having a message behind it. I think, I think it is important. I think it, it, sh it should. So from the guys of this podcast, I got pissed off about people talking shit about Baltimore for, yeah. for lack of a better term. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what do I do? Run my mouth. All right, let's do that. But let's do it with other people to kind of get to uh, some truth that's happening in the city with all of the people that call this place home. Mm -hmm. um, and and that come through here because it's a lot of a lot of times where it's not a lot of credit being given around for old uh, old charm city. <laughs> I'm still getting to know it. Oh, really? So we let's let's talk about that a little bit. Well, how did how did you get to Baltimore? Um. So my partner is from Baltimore originally. Um. We've been living out in Pittsburgh pretty much since I've known them. We both went to uh, Pitt Greensburg and then I transferred to Pitt, Maine for my last couple of years and we've been living out there um, with some friends for a long time. I grew up there. I was born and raised around Pittsburgh area, um, but we needed to change um, pretty badly <laughs> um, to say the least. And we came out here cause he's got family out here and then COVID happened. So I've been to Baltimore a lot over the years. Um, but I was excited because I was like, oh, I'm moving out here. I'll finally be able to like really explore the city and stuff. And we moved out literally Halloween night, October 31st, we moved out here. And then what was it like a few months? And then COVID yeah. was here. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't get to do shit. Yeah. I wasn't even working. Like I had, I had been working, but I worked at a gym. So that wasn't a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And then we were just like in the house every day, slowly going crazy. And um, we were living with uh, his aunt and uh, one of his uncles. And it was just a lot of people in a small house for a really long period of time. It was a lot. So I'm really excited that through art, literally through art and friends, mm -hmm. I've been able to get little sneak peeks of Baltimore. Yeah. Um, like I'll go to a shoot and, um, we didn't get to go into the museum, but it was the, um, which is the vision, visionary, visionary Arts yeah, museum. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it was beautiful out there. Oh my God. All these beautiful sculptures and this glass. And we took all these like super cool. Oh my gosh. All the, the photos from that. Um, it was amazing, but I didn't even get to go in and I was just like, Oh, this is cool. <laughs> like, <because laughs> I have not been very many places. So I'm slowly getting acquainted with it. Um, but I've known people out here for, for many years. So. So in coming from a rival city, I didn't know I was speaking to a Pittsburghian <laughs> or whatever that is called burn those towels. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, I have no terrible towels. I used to own one. 
And then I was so old and I ended up using it as a cleaning rag because it worked really well. And then I have no idea where it is. So <laughs> that's exactly what it should be used for, actually. Uh, let me polish my rims with this. Uh, <laughs> it was a great so, so, so in, in coming here in, in traveling here, um, like intermediately and eventually moving here, like what was that reputation and how has that been in kind of seeing, as you, as you described it, like the trail or the sneak peeks of, of Baltimore, how's it been versus the, the, rep the representation it had before moving here? Oh, the reputation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, I have a lot of feels when it comes to this. Cause I feel like anytime someone lives outside of something looking in, you can say all the things you want about it, but like, so I, I lived in Hazelwood in Pittsburgh for a while, which is, it's a really old town. Um, and it's definitely run down and it's definitely getting like slowly gentrified now. They like almost put like an Amazon, uh, warehouse out there and they ended up not doing that. So, but everyone would be like, Oh my God, you live in Hazelwood. And I'd be like, yeah, maybe like, just look up. <laughs> I'm like, it, it, it has this history. And that's all people can see. And I'm like, right now it's just a bunch of rundown like houses in one area, but then there's like up the hill, there's all these families and it's just like people living their lives. And that's how I felt yeah. when I came to Baltimore, like so many people are like, you, you're moving to Baltimore. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, and I feel like they would have said something if I went to Chicago or, yeah. you know, parts in New York city or something like that. There's always going to be people saying something about it, but I love it. I mean, I feel like I have grown a lot since I've come here and I've met even more amazing people. And, um, it's given me a chance to kind of explore myself a lot more, um, just in a different space. And I love the weather. Oh my God. I <laughs> hate Pittsburgh weather. Sorry, Pittsburgh. I hate it. It's awful. Not for me. If you love, I'm going to isolate part of that. Uh, if you, if you love like <laughs> London and like cloudy days with rain and stuff, then it's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. Drop in the mountains. It's great. But I prefer yeah. Look, the sun is shining here. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> It sounds like good writing weather for my brooding novel above Victoria. No. no, it would be perfect. If you needed to get in the headspace, Pittsburgh is the place. I promise you. And then the door creaked and several bodies fell out of a closet. You but know, it can be a surprise. There's some old old houses up there. But I think, yeah, I think dispelling what it is, because uh, I always hear about that that overlap, and that's where there are a lot of maybe in terms of how they present it sister cities or whatever uh or brother cities i don't know what the nomenclature would be but that this is blue collar it, it has this it has that and that's the similarities i've seen with like pittsburgh and, and baltimore i always look at like baltimore being very similar to philadelphia but in a smaller space um it's not as big as philadelphia but you you have the art scene and then you have in some of these cities the the racial makeup which i think aids in mm, some of the critiques and uh, some of the uh uh, oh, this place is sketch. Mm. Yeah, all right, cool. I was like, I see white girls getting off the bus every day to go to Micah. It's not that sketch. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's, I assure you, it's fine. Um, so, 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 <laughs> I take Rob. Uh, <laughs> um, so stepping back, uh, let's talk about dream projects. What would that dream photo shoot look like for you in terms of location, people involved, theme, ETC? What do you got? Or oh, did you describe it earlier? I need to find this proper liquid, not ink, <laughs> preferably. Uh, dream. 
I think about this a lot, but it, it, it changes. Um, or a, or an example, because it, it can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can be like, if you've dreamed about it, it's a thing. True, true. It's not necessarily like a specific thought, more of just like, I would, I would, right now I'm picturing warm because I'm in like beach mode. So I would, I would definitely want like somewhere to like a tropical, just, just beautiful, just a beautiful place. Like maybe, I don't know, like there's even some amazing waterfalls out here, but maybe like Mexico, like it's just like all the plants hanging around everywhere and just like doing a, a dope photo shoot in the middle of nature, somewhere new and access to whatever I, I need. Like we got, we got wardrobe on deck, uh, makeup artists. Cause I love doing my makeup. It is so much fun. And I've definitely learned a lot over the last few years, but if I could have like a good makeup artist too, Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I would love that. My thing is if someone ever presented the opportunity for, um, I always do this running bit of if I ever get on and I have like an assistant or something, I'm going to go full divas. Like, look, where are my green M&Ms? Where's my makeup artist? I need only off white is being worn. Like we don't have your size. Make it my goddamn size. I don't care. You know, <laughs> put a saddle on it, you know, fuck it. Oh, that's, that's another thing. Like having like perfectly fit, like it's, it's sewn to your measurement. Oh my gosh. I would die. That'd be amazing. And I could have my wine. I could have a joint in my hand. That's it. Seal the deal. That's all. <laughs> cause I mean, I don't know if you run into it. Like, cause you're, you're what, how, t- how tall are you? Cause you're, you're modeling. How tall uh, are you? Five, ten. So I'm six, four <laughs> and, and people don't think it. Cause it's like, Oh, you're, you're, you only you're see that. Short. That's how fat. <laughs> Literally. And it's like, if I could just show my face and have the rest disappear, it'd be even better. <laughs> uh, just a disembodied. I head. love it. Um, <laughs> But it's one of those things where it's like, I, I really want this. Can we, can we figure it out? Can we just figure this out? Like, I want this item. So definitely I echo that sentiment of perfectly fits. Yeah. Like literally I had this, this bit where <laughs> I wanted to have a pop done like a Funko pop. And I was like, it's just a beard and Carhartt shirts. That's all. It is. That's all I wear at this point. Cause that's the only thing that seems to fit. And it's just like, that's, that's my life. My thing is my shoulders. Uh, Cause you get something to fit my shoulders and then it's like, it does not fit the rest of me at all. So. I mean, I noticed the tank top, hence the, you know, trying to like work, you're, you're doing the same thing. Mine's aren't <laughs> as prominent as yours. Like, you know, it's, it must be all of that boxing and punching. You just I shoulder rolling. I, and punches. Into that. I wish I was boxing. I haven't doing pull-ups though. I have been doing pull-ups. I'm jealous. Uh, so <laughs> it's not so I got like uh, five, I swear to God. <laughs> I can do none, especially with this tattoo. It's like, I feel like my biceps going to explode. So I got nothing. That's fair. Uh, so two more questions. Uh, this one is, is, is another artist question. And I don't know if it applies as well, but maybe you have a take on it from your perspective, are artists following the crowd or the money? Are they doing it for themselves? And it's like, this makes sense for the culture. And I hate using that, you know, as my eyes rolled and everything, or is it like, I need this cloud. I need this social currency. I need money. So I'm going to be doing this. I feel like, because I've even gone through different stages of stuff like this. Like first I want to create and just make amazing stuff, but then I also wanted to get out there and share it with people. And I also want to consume other people's art. So I fluctuate between like, I need to get a little bit more like, 
I guess, attention on my shit. But then at the same time, I'm like, does that really matter at the end of the day? Cause I, I'm just doing this for me. But then I also have bills and I'm like, mm, the money is nice. <laughs> like, that's helpful. So I feel like it kind of fluctuates, but I, I do notice in, in the, the people that I work with or have worked with in the past, at the end of the day, it really is the art. Like that's what I know for me, like all that other stuff is, is like, especially the money, like I need, <laughs> well, that, that's another thing with the dream shoot. If I got paid, <laughs> wow. I'm going to throw a lot of cha-chings in as you're talking right here, like the money and, and the money. And it's like, is that a cash register again? Don't worry. The, 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 the check is in the mail. It's coming. If, if I didn't need money, I wouldn't even, I'd be good, but you know, I, I need food. Um, I mean, that's one of the things like it's one of the things that I'm I'm, I'm looking at, like uh, early on, like first episode of this podcast, we were having this conversation, me and uh, James Nasty was having this conversation about how artists having their their stuff together, or what have you. And ultimately, that means like not going. You shouldn't be a starving artist. It's kind of the, the, the messaging I got from just different people and that being one mm-hmm. of them. And, you know, it's a thing that, you know, as as a person that's like observing it and running into it, like whenever the opportunity presents itself, um, to help somebody out, whether it be buying some art from them, whether it be just like, yo, it's your birthday here. Here's a couple of dollars on the, on the humble or what have you. That's, that's what I think. Like people who are around just build out that community. And sometimes it might be that, that $30 might, might mean like some lunch meat or something or whatever the situation, it might be a couple salads. 100%. I don't know what people are eating these days. A couple of J's too. I mean, yes. <laughs> All the currency currency. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have had a lot of help from really good friends and I try to help everyone that's close to me when I can too. And I think that's really important because it's been hard. It's been a hard year. It's been a hard life <laughs> for a lot of people, you know? And I mean, mine's has been great. It's been peaches and cream, yes. peonies so and other flowers. That's beautiful. I'm so happy for you. I'm full of shit, but go on. <laughs> Um, uh, but it's, I feel like to go back to what you were saying earlier, I do feel like at the end of the day, um, it does come down to the art. Like that's when I feel like I'm, I'm really alive is when I'm, I'm creating stuff like that. Like it's the same feeling that you have when you're with people that you care about. So, so it, at the end of the day, I feel like that's what people do it for, but then all that other stuff gets up in the mix because we're humans and we have to <laughs> exist in this society right now that that's that's legit it's like working within the confines that are presented it's like if this is the universe and this is what we have to do to you know sustain or what have you yeah working with the community and all of that good stuff because i see a lot of shitty looking go fund out there and it's like uh, just just say yo look i need some bread i don't need your sob story to go along with it just say look i need money cha-ching baby lee i need money um <laughs> Uh, last question I have before um, shameless plugs, and I've modified this question while we were talking because I'm, I'm clever, sneaky, all of that good shit. Uh, what are three things people may be surprised to find out about you? Oh, you made it three things. Yeah. See? <laughs> I was having trouble coming up with one. <laughs> oh, wait, I'll, I'll come up with the ones that I was thinking about, but I was like, I don't know if these are really surprising. Um, all right. So one of the things. Okay. So 
the the boxing gloves that, that you mentioned when we first got on here. Um, that might be surprising to people that I I feel like I'm pretty athletic. I'm not as in shape as I probably should be, but I like ran cross country and track. I did boxing for a while. I just had like a trainer. I wasn't like in the ring. I wish one day I want to spar. That would be amazing. I just want to experience it. Um, I know a gym. I know a gym. Yes, please send me that information. I've been, I've been looking and that's like some of the, it used to be running for me. It was really meditative and helped me work through a lot of shit when I used to do it, but really messed up my knees. Um, because I ran on roads a lot, like, which is not good for you. Um, no. So, I mean, we ran on like the track and like in cross country, we would run on a lot of trails, but, but yeah, it was a lot of road running. Unfortunately, I wish it was like all like trails and stuff and tracks. That'd be a lot better, but my knees are kind of messed up and that's, why, that's probably number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's why I love boxing. So it was just a very different type of workout that I'd never experienced. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And it was some of the best shape that I've ever been in in my life. And I really want to get back into that. Yeah. One more. Uh, that's right. <laughs> There's other surprise. Okay. Um, <laughs> athlete destroyed knees. Destroyed knees. Uh, yes. My knees are yeah. shot. Please don't come for my knees. Um, <laughs> my best. walking me a lot. <laughs> I echo that both of my knees are destroyed. Uh, and I, I'm just being like a flubby, like power lifter type. Oh, uh, powerlifting awesome. it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, but I, I don't have short limbs. So it's just That's like, true. as I said earlier, six, six, yeah. four, and it's just like <laughs> arms and legs. It's like, eh, I don't know if you look as strong as you should look. It's like, I got the, I got the gut. I got the, nah, whatever. The base. You need it. <laughs> yeah. I got tits. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. In a, in a weight belt. How much do you, how much do you lift? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just it, right back it, 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 it depends on what it is. I'm, I'm a rower guy. I don't, I can't bench press for shit. My shoulders are trash too. It's like oh. knees and shoulders. God awful. Uh, this could be my surprising thing. If it counts, it's related to my knees. I injured both of my IT bands in my last year of running cross country and it was some of the most painful shit I've ever experienced. And I just kept running and I didn't know what was wrong. Like I could like move around just fine. And then I went to our physical trainers and they were like, Oh yeah, you injured both your IT bands. So I was like, well, that doesn't sound great. And they're like, Nope, just roll on this foam roller for the rest of your life. I was like, what? Oh no. <laughs> and I mean, they're, that ha- they're better now. They can't be. <laughs> That can't be great being like, like tall. I, I had, um, Osgood Schlatter. So basically the friggin' uh, patella tendons are, were always inflamed. <laughs> so I was like, no, Oh yeah. Weird, like bump on your knee. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure I had that, uh, when I played soccer as a kid, cause it was this weird name that I could, I couldn't pronounce it correctly growing up because I was like in like fourth grade or something. And they're like, yeah. Oh yeah, you just got this thing in your knee. It's never going to go away. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I, I just said this. I was like, oh, it's German. I don't believe in German. It's not black. So I, don't care. I was like, if it was like Jerome Schlatter or something, maybe I might listen to it, but I was good. Fuck that. No. All right. Um, so thank you. I'm just going to keep muttering on and that's not going to be anything. So I te- I'll give you the technicality. You use two knee things for your three, that's, but it's, that's fair. Okay. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. But you like wine. Boom. I see? love wine and all other alcoholic drinks for the most part. Wow. 
Wow. It's true. The, the, I also work at a, there we go. I work at a liquor store. That could be my, my third surprise. Yeah. That, that, that helps me out <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> Because as you see, I started my conversation off with drinking. So yeah, and then you go. reminded me to get. I had rosé in the fridge that I needed to get. And well, rosé. See, that's what I was going to ask. Which which it is. So rosé, you've earned points on that. Good for you. Oh, rosé is classy. It's a new thing for me. I used to only drink red wine. I didn't really like white wine very much, and mm. I occasionally had rosés. But I've been trying a lot more new things. I'm a big fan of rosé. It's good. It's really yeah. good especially in the summertime. And I mean, definitely with the red wine and the, the kind of vampiric aesthetic you got going on there, it made sense. <laughs> I say, like, oh, so this is how this ends. I literally interviewed the vampire. Uh, social media, all of that stuff, shameless plugs. Uh, uh, shameless. Where can he find you? Yeah. Uh, so, well, Baby Lee um, on Instagram, Baby Lee C, it's B-A-B-I, said like baby. Um, also on TikTok, if you like TikTok, I post just just know if you come to my TikTok, it's chaos. I I claim nothing on my TikTok. Um, but that is XXBB XX. And then I think there's a six afterwards. I honestly don't remember. But if you type that first thing in, it should come up. Um that's a rousing endorsement, by the way. I look, it's <laughs> I really only use uh, Instagram that much. I don't I don't use Twitter. I have a Snapchat, but again, that is chaos. So go to my TikTok first. That's a little less chaos than my Snapchat. I'm just a, a weird, scattered human being. And you see that in those. It's much more personal than my Instagram, I would say. I'm, I'm getting it from this interview. but Oh, is... my cash app uh, is dollar wow, sign. Wow, <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I, I respect it. That's Maybe the first time. Six, please, if you're feeling generous, send a dollar. You know, a dollar. I can get a water for that. A dollar goes a long way it to really help these does. starving artists. It's like <laughs> me and it's like, why are you photoshopped amongst these homeless people? Ah, you got to help them out. It'll Thank buy you. two packs of pens or, or whatever. Some lip gloss. I don't know. I do uh, need some pens, actually. That's funny. I only have like one pen in this house right now. It's embarrassing. Shit. I'm going to send you some pens. Can't, can't have that happening. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you um, for coming on to the podcast. This has been a treat. Thank you. This was awesome. I appreciate you asking me. Oh, totally. So for uh, for Baby Lee, I am Rob Lee. I don't, mm -mm, I don't like that. I don't like that. I just realized it was two Lees. I don't like it. Uh, saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Oh,